Welcome to Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Each and every week we get to talk to new and exciting people about whatever is on their mind and what's important to them, whether it's health, overcoming addiction, spirituality, finding God, uh, politics, conspiracy, you name it, we cover it. So it's an honor and a blessing to have you join us. I look forward to meeting you and thank you so much for tuning in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Today, I have a lovely new guest, first-timer to the show, and I'm super excited to talk to him about our topic today because it's going to be amazing, and a lot of people are going to get a lot of enjoyment out of this. So, with no further ado, my dear, welcome, Mr. Jehan. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm glad to be on here with you. I'm very glad that you reached out to me. So for the listeners who do not know who you are or have not seen you yet, explain a little bit about you. Oh, I am a mindfulness teacher, truth teller, subconscious self-sabotage coach, and the host of the Boundless Authenticity podcast. Fantastic. Uh, Yeah. So the majority of my work is just based around uh, showing people how to be mindful, how to allow negative automatic thoughts come up about, you know, the external world and all the associated uh, programs that you have to kind of reveal themselves so that you can actually uh, live your life with a sense of purpose and deep inner peace. And uh, you can go through your daily operations much more confident and um it's really all about just removing disempowering thoughts and beliefs from the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially nowadays, that is so important. It's such a fantastic thing for people to learn, uh, to make themselves better, and just to let go of all of the outside distractions and interference that goes on with us from a day-to-day basis. Now, I do have a question for you. How did you get into it? And have you always been, um, I guess, aware of truth being hidden? Or is this something that's new? (laughs) Well, that's a long story. And I tell it all the time. (laughs) So I think I might do something different on your show, Janet. Um, I'll try to sum it up. I was a musician. And... I realized that no matter what I did, no matter how much success I got, uh, how my relationships went, anything that I wanted to create for myself, I would always mess that up. Mm-hmm. And that sent me on, a, I guess, a tailspin because I was carrying so much baggage from my life that I just didn't know what to do with. And people, when I reached out to them, they would just kind of slap my hand away and be like, oh, you're terrible. And that started to wake me up. But it wasn't until I kept having this one experience that repeated over and over where every time I went to audition for a record label or something, I'd get like an opportunity to go speak with an A&R rep or something like that. And long story short, They wanted to tie me down with contracts and sell my image away to them and 
they wanted like weird sex stuff <laughs> in order have, to uh i have several friends that have been in the music industry that have told me the same <laughs> yeah and you know i just i wasn't doing it so that really that really upset me because it's the only thing that i loved doing at that time and i um i was like well you know now that's basically telling me that I'm a failure at what I want to do, that what I love doing the most is a lie, and I can't have that dream uh, come to life because I don't want to sell my ass for it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Three-headed dildo and all. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just... I felt really bad about it. I mean, I was uh, still playing music and stuff like that, still hoping wishing that things could be different with that and i had a lawyer at the time and i'm not gonna say who he worked for rihanna but uh (laughs) (laughs) he called me over and and um and he was like listen man this other contract that you got from this record label that i i won't call sony uh they wanted they yeah they wanted me to to look at this contract and sign my life away and um it just didn't it just didn't feel right and he was like man you're a person of great integrity i can't really see you doing all the kinds of stuff that goes along with it and i can tell there's a lot of things that you don't really know about the industry and so he sat me down and he started showing me some YouTube videos on his laptop. He's like, you got to watch this. So he shows me one about the dark side of the music industry. And he was like, look, everything that's in this, this is what they do. They want you to do all kinds of strange rituals. They want you to sell your body, you know. And I was like, oh, man, I I always thought this stuff was like a conspiracy theory or whatever. I could believe the uh, the weird sex stuff. So long story short, though, he was like, uh, go home and continue watching more stuff on this. I don't really think this is the best choice for you. I've seen a few of my other clients really just go all in on it. And uh, I was like, yeah, I guess I'll think about it. And um, that was when I first fell down the rabbit hole of everything that we know is a lie and Mm-hmm. That one thing, just wanting to kind of prove that wrong, I found more evidence for it than I did against it. And uh, right. that was the thing that woke me up. And I, I kept on doing music and stuff. And eventually I did what all the cool kids call manifesting. I didn't like, I didn't close my eyes and squeeze my asshole tight and wish on a star or anything <laughs> new agey like that. I was actually just focusing very intently on an outcome and i would do it every time i worked out so i'd run for like 45 minutes because i was fat as a mofo at that time i was like 265 pounds of pure blubber and um and uh i i started running every day and for that entire time i just focused my intention on um being on a stage somewhere playing music doing what i really love doing and um eventually this lady calls me about it a clear blue and, and she's like, you know, I'm from a radio station over in Seattle. I think you've got great talent. 
uh, is there anything I can do to help you on this journey? I was like, yeah, no weird sex stuff. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that's how I got my uh, musician's visa to travel to Nashville, Tennessee and learn everything about the music industry. And I traveled across the United States for a while and I got exposed to so many different things. And uh, during that time, I was trying to get my head together because I'd really fallen into the sex, drugs, and rock and roll club anyway, being mm-hmm. a, a rock and roller. So if you can pitch me, picture me with long hair and black nails and eyeliner and chains <laughs> hanging from everywhere. And I mean, I was it just going to ask you what kind of music you did. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. So, you know, you could tell exactly what my programming was then. And, um, I I tried to kill myself like three times with the maximum amount of drugs and alcohol that I could find. And every time I kept kept coming back. And after the third time, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding. I can't even kill myself right. So, you know, when I heard those words leave my mouth, Janet, I mean, this could happen to anybody that. It changed things. That they did that. It was like, when I heard those words leave my mouth, I can't even kill myself right. It was like being inside of an echo chamber and something just woke up in me Mm -hmm. and not even to mention that that last time I'd went into this dark murky space and I didn't see anything there was no angels saying you have to go back like nothing uh crazy like that happened there was just pure silence and peace and a slight shimmering thing in front of my face and I realize that that's what they call a near-death experience these days. All the cool mm-hmm. kids are doing it. I guess I had my turn. And uh, <laughs> I came that back from that. that's a good thing. No, I came <clears throat> back from that and it just I felt different. It's, right. it's difficult to describe. I just felt different towards everybody in my life and everything that I was doing. And this huge curiosity for everything that was going on around me it just it it peaked and I dove headfirst into everything and over a few years or so I I got hooked up into the coaching industry and I realized that was trash so I was like oh man that's a disappointment but then I realized that it does serve a purpose and through that I started to pull the curtains back on that as well and I realized that it's another offshoot of the psychology industry which is designed to disempower people and keep them in the same old patterns and sell them this Mm -hmm. odd lifestyle of you'll make ten thousand dollars a month living your dream you know live the life you would love to live and forgive everybody while you're living it and all that shit and i was like yeah yeah i gotta figure this out so me being me the tenacity is real so i just kind of went head first at it and i the things that i found were shocking at first and i realized that everything that we know about this world is is a lie and you know we're being run by a, a cult of very crazy mfers that just kind of want to kill us for no reason <laughs> and uh i was gonna say programmers <clears throat> yeah, yeah the controllers yeah. and and mm-hmm. in my own healing while I was doing all of this research and stuff, I, I realized that subconscious programs existed and that everything that I was doing, you know, the reason why I would mess up my relationships was a subconscious program. The reason mm-hmm. why I, I dressed and behaved the way that I did, because it was to, it, like it totally isn't necessary to even take on that role in order to play that kind of music. So that was a subconscious program. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all the stuff, well, not all the stuff, not the weird sex stuff and getting approached by psychopaths. That wasn't a subconscious program, but the other stuff that <laughs> was causing me difficulty with uh, more success in music, fears and things like that, subconscious programs. And once I once I realized that, then I, it was just a matter of compiling the tools and techniques to do it and practicing, practicing, practicing. Right. And so... I'll cut it off so, there, and that's how I got there. So what um, I'm going to guess and say, uh, were you a metal musician? Yeah, hard rock and metal. Uh, see, that was that used to be my thing, um, and I loved that so much. And, you know, we spent a lot of our time traveling around to, you know, concerts here or, you know, festivals or whatever, and that was our life for a long time. And we were like really into that. And that has kind of changed a lot as I have changed. So has my musical taste. Mm. <laughs> I, I still love that kind of music. But yeah, there's other things that I prefer to listen to now that bring me a little bit more um, to my centered self and my peaceful self if that makes any sense. So when you were on this um, basically path of discovery, did you find it really difficult at first to um, figure out that everything that we're told is not exactly truthful? Um, because a lot of people out there they have a really hard time. Like if you, you know, show them evidence of something and they start looking into it, they have a very hard time coming to the realization that that's even possible that they were lied to about stuff. You know, after being asked if, if I suck dick at one of those meetings, I think that broke my psyche forever with, uh, with not really accepting it, what was difficult to accept was that this thing that I, I loved doing the most wasn't going to work out the way I thought in my head because of, right. of a bunch of sickos, basically. Right. But I was ready to believe anything that uh, I found on it after a certain point. I was like, yeah, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> so on your um, when you're working on yourself and, and trying to figure out like, I don't want to, I don't know if this is the proper terminology or not, but this is what's coming in my mind right now. Like, um, fix whatever part of you was broken. Um, how was that confronting that? Like, you know, these are the things or the baggage that I brought along through relationships or through my life that I know I need to change. But how hard was that for you to confront those issues? You know, it was extremely difficult at first to, you know, just kind of knock the dust off the thing. But as I did it, I realized that I must be hardwired to do this Mm -hmm. because there was a part of me that welcomed it. And I think the way you asked the question was was perfect for me to say this. I don't actually think that anybody is broken in this life. Mm -hmm. I think that... That's a concept that's handed down by the music 
and the TV and the psychology right. industry where people are broken and they need to be fixed. And I think that when somebody comes to me for help, the main thing that they want is to be heard. And that's mm -hmm. all I ever wanted. And I realized that in this life, there's going to be a lot of people that smile in your face and they say that they love you, including your closest friends and family, but they're not going to have right. the capacity whatsoever to do the work for you or even be able to get into the energy that you're in. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need people who are really serious. And, and I just never want anybody to feel the way that I did when I was asking for help and being told that, you know, you're a piece of shit and, you know, everything's right. your fault. You know, I can't help you. Right. And um, it just, it was, it was tough at first. And then I realized that every time I did it, it came with a certain level of strength behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's not ever going to be an easy journey for anybody. Like nobody, you know, nobody starts meditating and then they levitate and then it's all good in the hood. It's going <laughs> to, you know, it's going to be <laughs> a lot of work and a lot of layers that you got to peel off to find yourself right. and, and to, to really truly understand that the human body is a powerful technology mm -hmm. and that absolutely when you're working with emotions, it's never about ignoring or labeling an emotion. It's about understanding that it's just energy and learning how to use that energy to move forward with something. There's always something you have to do, whether it's a mental process, something you have to delete or, you know, something you got to do in, in your physical life. Mm -hmm. But all inner transformation is just so that you can adapt to the events of the external world because the external world is never going to be this utopian thing that was designed for happiness and joy. It's always going to be challenges. And some of the challenges make you happy just by happenstance. And so that's where people get mm -hmm. this maladaptive concept that life is about joy and, you know, you know, fucking twerk twerk your way into prosperity like that meme said the other day had me laughing hard as shit um hey on that note <clears throat> in the nursing <laughs> field fellow nurses you don't need to twerk to make more money just saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially not on your n95s oh no please no uh -uh. yeah <laughs> next to mannequins that you're saying are patients please don't um so I think what you said hits the nail on the head and, and we talk about this on our show a lot is how much we are energy beings and how positive and negative energy um, affects our life in a, in a holistic kind of way. I mean, it not only affects, you know, your, your, physical being but your spiritual well-being and and whole nine yards and um i had this discussion with somebody yesterday that when you have all these emotions that come up or bad things happen and and you don't confront those emotions and you know process them and let them go that you store that negative energy inside your gut at a cellular level. And that's what makes people um, really depressed, angry, upset, stomach ache, bouts of nausea, you know, all of that kind of stuff, just because there's emotions that you haven't processed properly. 
Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, that's what I tell people all the time. It's you gotta you gotta go head first at that twenty seconds of discomfort <laughs> that comes mm -hmm. along with feeling something, because right. the longer you try to to push it to the side, the stronger that gets. And uh, the mind is just always asking you this one question. Is it okay to keep this? And then it shows you something that right. you got to deal with. It's like an annoying secretary in that way. So it's like you've got a meeting at 10 o'clock and, and your secretary hands you a stack of papers at 9.55 that you got to sort through. And so then you go through all of these different emotions. Because you're like, fuck, I don't want to go through all of these uh, notes exactly. and shit. Mm -hmm. And that's why you got you got to really take some time for yourself and figure out you know what your true identity is because people when people don't know their true identity as a fragment of consciousness occupying a temporary mm -hmm. vehicle for the expression of consciousness then they're going to grab at any label or identity that's coming down the pipeline from the tv and from the music and you know politics or whoever whatever asshole mm -hmm. says hey hey this is who you are then they're going to take right. that and uh you know any old thing will do you know we now see all this really strange stuff going on mm -hmm. where people think that you can just go to a gender swap party anytime you want. And you, if you feel like being a potato with a sack of balls tomorrow, you can do that. And exactly. You know, it just, it, <laughs> it's, it's craziness. And it's, it's really sad to see because things like this tend to happen near the collapse of every civilization that we've ever had before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people are just going to play out any subconscious program that's projected onto them, which essentially means that their whole life is being dictated by other people. A hundred percent. And that's another thing that we talk about a lot is that you should never seek for, um, you know, affirmation from other people. You should be the one in control of your life, like what you, what you wear, what you look like, how you speak, if your words come out clearly, or, you know, if you post a selfie like this on Instagram and somebody doesn't like it, you know, any, <clears throat> any time people spend, um, and I, I talk to people about this a lot, like anytime they spend a lot of time on social media and then they get a hold of me and they're like, so depressed. I'm so anxious. Like, oh my gosh, all these people are saying all these terrible things and stuff. You're taking their emotions and you're internalizing them into your own subconscious. And so you're accepting that negativity into your life, which is then in turn affecting you. So you shouldn't be worried about what other people on the outside of you think you should better yourself for you. And if people don't accept you for the person that you become after you do your self-work, that's not a you problem. That's a them problem. Facts. <laughs> Facts. So I have a question. Um, did you go to, quote, therapy? Like talk therapy. I never wanted to. I never okay, wanted to go good. to talk therapy because I didn't want anybody to tell me 
I had a label and now I got to take these pills and all this kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. I figured, <laughs> Janet, I figured if the alcohol and the drugs I'd already been taking didn't work, nothing they could give me was going to work. <laughs> That's not going to change my personality. <clears throat> so I'm glad to hear you say that because there's so many people nowadays that I think immediately run to therapy as their go-to. And then um, I, I have this saying that I came up with, you know, how <clears throat> almost always in the medical field now, they'll, they'll diagnose patients with depression and anxiety. And then <laughs> they'll give you pills. Okay, so it's like Pringles. You can't have just one. They're going to give you a whole cocktail of pills. And the pills for each one work in complete and total opposite of each other. And that is why no one ever gets any better. Not to mention the drugs themselves don't work. But, you know, they're set up to do completely different things, which absolutely keeps your body in this, you know, internal struggle and this imbalance to where you can't repair things and you can't get any better and they don't repair your memories. It's it's a Band-Aid. The, the prescription meds are a Band-Aid completely for what is actually really needing to be done inside you. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm very passionate about this topic because I've lost a lot of friends uh, mm-hmm. to prescription drugs, either right. by death or or they've just become zombies. And I'm going to say, you know, I've already been saying controversial stuff, so fuck it. I mean, it's never been. (laughs) (laughs) Not on the show. There's nothing controversial. (laughs) Yeah, it's never been proven anywhere that depression is as a result of a chemical imbalance. Correct. That's the cover story for the effect of the medication. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the cover story for kids who. Yeah. Did I say. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, we, we didn't say anything about precious Corona. That bitch Rona, here we go again. That's exactly um, right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a cover story for all the kids that jump off of a bridge and stuff, and then their parents are angry, and they're like, oh, why did it? Why did she do that? Oh, she had a chemical imbalance. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, and if you ever question them on it, if you notice that, they'll get angry when you start to question them. And right. that's the surest sign of a liar. so you know uh, and a lot of a lot of that too um is built into our food supply mm -hmm. and and things that happen inside people's bodies nowadays is because you know of the flooding of the market of uh things with high estrogen content you know like soy is in pretty much everything um and all of these different things that they have manipulated into our system. And then lo and behold, you know, we have this like 90% uptick in quote diagnosed depression. Um, and it's really just from the foods and things that, that people eat, which are processed. So please stay away from those everybody. Yeah. I can say a lot yeah. about that. And let me finish up on something there. Cause it's, re- it's going to be mm-hmm. really great for your listeners. If they haven't heard it yet. So cognitive distortions are mental filters that are basically like a belief system that we pass all of the information through. So it's like a sieve. Imagine mm-hmm. you're squeezing your your lemons and you want to catch the seeds from it. Right. And so the cognitive distortion is the sieve. And 
or strainer or whatever you want to call it. And there are about 400 that they know of so far. And somebody can go fact check me on this. I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> we it's don't for have you. fact checkers on our show. <laughs> it's for you. It's not for me. So um, this cognitive distortion can sometimes be, I love to use the example of all or nothing or black and white thinking. Right. And uh, like overgeneralizing things. Those mm-hmm. are cognitive distortions. And those are the most common ones that we do. Another most common one that we do is we personalize everything that happens in our experience. Right. But that also causes people to not look at the other cognitive distortions, which in this context would be there's something wrong with me. And mm-hmm. when somebody isn't feeling well and they go to a doctor who they have put up on a pedestal, which, by the right. way, putting somebody up on a mm-hmm. pedestal is a form of judgment, too. It's You're not doing mm-hmm. them a favor. Correct. Uh, this asshole in a butcher coat tells you that you have depression or anxiety and mm-hmm. that cognitive distortion kicks in. It goes, oh, there's something wrong with me. So that's the way that I am. And now I get to be this way forever because I have a justification for the reasons why I do what I do and think the way that I think. And I never have to do anything to change whatsoever because it's a chemical imbalance. And these pills that I get, well, they're going to work just fine and Mm everything is going to be good from now on. And I get to be a douchebag to everybody around me. Exactly. And it's a crutch or cane (laughs) that people use to, to go through life with. To, to make that excuse that they don't have to do anything differently. Yeah, absolutely. And and so subconscious programs work in this way where they'll play out the associated information, images, sounds, whatever that goes along with whatever it is you believe. And so if mm-hmm. you believe that and you validate that belief that you have a social label like depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. then what is a belief? It's just a concept that you have taken on board and validated for yourself. Sorry. And cat. so um, when people do that, they put themselves in a position of disempowerment. Right. And then what happens is anytime anybody questions that, they get really angry because they need that to survive. Okay. That's what their that's their cover story for never having to ever get any better. Right. And I love to call it a self-justification index. It's like a Rolodex of Mm -hmm. shitty excuses that we all have as to why we can't change something in our lives. And we start to play that out anytime anybody anybody questions anything that we do or say. We play that out. It's -hmm. even like when you get into a misunderstanding with somebody and they question your intentions and you say, oh, I didn't mean to do that. And then you start to play out verbally what you believe about them and about the world at large that caused you to think, act, and be this way. Mm-hmm. So it's an insidious process. And you know, I could go on about that, but I want to hear what you're going to ask me next. No, no <laughs> I, think, I think what you said is, is perfect and it's spot on. And, and one thing I wanted to mention um, that you touched on was, um, you know, putting your – basically putting yourself in a box. I call them emotional shackles um, because what it is, it ties you down. Uh, You're no longer that free moving, free thinking person because you're, you put yourself in a box, you put yourself in a label. And so I have mental illness. I have this, I have that. And when you, when you give something negative like that, your box or your shackle, whatever you want to call it, 
when you give that um, that negative energy, well, I'm mentally ill or I'm, you know, a diabetic or I'm whatever the case may be. Um, you give that negative energy and it grows and it, it keeps you in that state of unwellness and an unbalance because, um, you can't, you can't figure out how to get yourself back out of that once you've labeled yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And if I was to say it bluntly, I mean, the, the cabal, the people that hurt us on the human farm, like fucking sheep, they know this and they're not creative whatsoever, but they know no. that we are extremely creative and they know that we're superhuman with anything that we can, what we can do, anything we can put our minds to, mm -hmm. we surely will achieve that thing. And so they know that if they tell us any old thing, we'll get on board with it, believe it and act it out. And, you know, consciousness mm -hmm. projects outward into the field of intelligence and right. they know that better than anybody else. And so they can get us to take on certain ideas and then do their dirty work, whether it's just through our thinking alone. Mm -hmm. So that's how they get yeah. us. And something you mentioned earlier, um, you know, I'm going to play on that was like all the, all the um, fraud in the psychology field um, and all the way back through history in the United States, especially where it is, manipulative experimentation that they do on, on patients. And it's always has to do with, um, fear or mind control or getting you to go along based on whatever stimuli is, you know, introduced into whatever situation they have going on. Um, and it, it's sad and disgusting and disturbing, but they know this. And that is why, there's such a big market for, um, <clears throat> you know, everything going on. And I'm just going to out with it. But, you know, like the whole uh, nobody knows if they're a boy or a girl uh, confusion thing. That is by design. That is manipulation. And again, um, forcing you to go along with the quote norm uh, because, you know, it's normal for everybody to be completely confused, um, which it's not. Uh, that's something that they're selling everyone that is that is absolutely not the case. Um, or even like the pandemic stuff or any of that. It is all introduced control and manipulation to get you to follow. Because if you are um, independent and free thinking and the high vibing energy being that you should be, they can't control that. They can only control you in a weakened state. Totally agree. And I've been saying this a lot lately. This actually happened to me uh, last week. Somebody uh, didn't like that I put a man cannot be a woman in my uh, Instagram story. And... <laughs> Message me and they said, they said, uh, judgment uh, requires deep personal work. And I was right. like, yeah, that makes sense because you're judging me right now for saying uh, exactly something yep. of, of, that's an anatomical fact. So, yes. <laughs> you know, that I'm is a biological fact, a real fact, and not a made up one. Sorry, yeah. And, a, and, and the worst part about it is, is that this person's a therapist. 
Right. So, you know, this but is who we have in the industry that's yeah. pretty scary, ain't it? And that's the thing, though, um, and I've talked about this a lot before, where uh, the therapy industry is controlled by the Tavistock Institute. And Tavistock hands down what, you know, what the, quote, therapy plans should be and, you know, what what uh, makes up your biological sex now, which is, you know, fetishes and, uh, you know, things like pedophilia and, and you know, toe sucking or whatever that makes up <laughs> your your biological personality. I'm sorry. I'm not a foot fetishist. I'm not a pedophile. And no, that has nothing to do whether I'm a male or female, like at all. But that's what they're, um, you know, they even push that in through the diagnosis coding, the procedure coding, um, all of those kind of things. And I don't think a lot of people understand that is this is a um, this is a long game con for them, you know, and that's one of the things they have to do is not just um, make the separation of, you know, boys and girls um, and separation of families and separation by color or religion or, you know, whatever little case they want to bring up today. Um, it's for that manipulative control that they can, you know, they can work their bad juju on you to get you to believe something that is not true. Yeah, absolutely. And if I could just continue to rag on this asshole that mm -hmm. uh, said I was being judgmental, uh, because it's relevant, actually. This person tried to use the gay frog theory on me. And, okay. you know, those of us, you know, like you and me, who are in the know, mm -hmm. we know that... It's because there's chemicals in everything that's causing exactly. confusion. Mm -hmm. And so, yep. you know, that's where I would go on to say that, you know, when you're under stress or you're in an emergency and let's consider in this instance, extreme shame, extreme confusion as to who you are, mm -hmm. then you're going to start operating from your subconscious mind because it Correct. can process millions of bits of data, whereas the conscious mind can only do about 140 bits. You know, the conscious mind is just that thing that stops us from banging our foot on every corner when we're mm -hmm. walking. And uh, the subconscious mind is communicating to 60 trillion cells, about 6 trillion commands per second. So it's in right. charge of everything. And so if we look around us and we see all of the sadistic stuff that's in the TV, and all of the messages that are in the music and have been for a long time. Mm -hmm. And you, you look at the kind of programming that you get in these government indoctrination camps that we call schools. Well, then it's right. no wonder that people are having serious mental health problems, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And I, th I think it was the health ranger, Mike Adams, that actually in his lab, he sat down and he found 500 plus different chemicals including the atrazine, which is responsible for uh, gender confusion on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. And that's in the water supply. Would you imagine right. that? So right. where else is it is the next logical question. And so in, in my work, what I know better than the majority of therapists out there is that in the subconscious mind is in the body. 
it's mm -hmm. not necessarily a, a part of the brain. The brain is what brings that information up to the surface for processing. But mm -hmm. we have these receptors in our body for every cell. And from the time your parents did it and you were conceived up until whatever age you're at now, you've been Old. programmed. <laughs> <laughs> right and so all that programming where is it stored it's stored in your cells and so mm -hmm. these receptors are expecting a certain information of both quality quantity and within a certain context to be connected to these cells and right. so these same cell receptors are taking in nutritional information and hormonal information mm -hmm. and they receive this and there's stuff that they then go on to do once they receive this information so right. when you get trained with certain behaviors, the cells contain these little nuclei, which carry all the information. It's kind of like a hard drive and it plays out these programs. So if mm -hmm. you're jacked up on atrazine, then the cells are going to be looking at each other like, what the fuck, dude? Are, am I a man or a woman? And then when somebody comes <laughs> I along. I don't know what to do. Exactly. And when somebody comes along and tells you, oh, you could be a little girl tomorrow if you want to be. And you're, you're a little boy and you're like, well, I'm already confused. So fuck it. Let's do that. You know, mm -hmm. this is, this is happening in both kids and adults alike. And it's all subconscious stuff. And I get a lot of flack for saying it, but stuff like homosexuality as well is linked to the subconscious and the unconscious faculties, because that's where your sexual urges come from. Mm -hmm. And so those things and are lifestyle true. choices and subconscious programs that you make based on what you have floating around in your head and not an actual biological reality. So I mean, that makes sense <laughs> to me. I'm sure that's some people won't agree with that, but well, you we, know, we keep go do open the research, lines then. of communication. Yeah. Go do the and, research. And, yeah. And so like, the human body is the world's best and fastest supercomputer. And our ability to process information is absolutely amazing. One of the things that happens to a lot of people um, that I run into on a regular basis is, you know, they've experienced some kind of trauma Um and then that trauma is associated with your vision, okay? And so you're, you're seeing this, you're getting the memory, it's going through your eyes. You process that incompletely because you're, you know, attaching a negative uh, connotation to whatever trauma happened. And so what happens to you um, when you have that, it incompletely processes. And then during your REM stage of sleep, that is when that energy, that negative energy, negative emotion um, starts to get stored throughout your body. Um, and a lot of times people repress things to the point that they don't um, they think they're okay. They'll tell you they're okay. Oh, no, I'm completely fine. And I'm one of those people where I can read people's energy and I'll be like, no, you're not fine. I'm like, you got a lot of something going on in here. I'm like, you definitely have a trauma that you have not addressed yet. And I'm like, you know, that's something that definitely needs to be worked on because you have to bring that memory back up or that trauma back up and, and think about that. Um, in a positive light, like uh, say you had a home invasion 
and that was a traumatic incident for you. Um, and you've shoved that down and repressed it and it fragmented and, you know, didn't process correctly. Um, but like anytime you hear a loud noise, it triggers you, um, to have that like fight or flight. Oh my gosh, I'm anxious, nervous feeling, whatever. And a lot of people push those memories down so far and they don't address those and that they can't move forward or move past that, you know, and have a normal, um, experience when they come in contact with certain signs, um, sounds or, or visions or, you know, whatever. So that happens constantly. Yeah. That's what real trauma is. <laughs> yeah. It's not this, uh, this new stuff that we got going on where as soon as, uh, something happens that you don't like or somebody doesn't agree with you, you're, now you're traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just, but that's, asinine. that's the kind of, um, exceptional programming though, that the, you know, the media and, uh, all aspects of movies and all of that stuff, they're so superb in their programming um, of all this repetitive things that they show on the news and these programs that that elicit that response to you. And they know this because they have the, uh, you know, assumptive AI technology and whatnot that already knows what your emotions going to be if they show you a story. And so they were brilliant in, in doing that because they're like, oh, look, we can totally get this whole swath of population to be upset and triggered about something that is so insignificant. It would be like me masterminding a program on earth for people that every time they see toilet paper, they get triggered because at one point in time I showed you that the role was on the wrong way. You know, <laughs> that's the kind of insignificant stuff that, um, I say is like a, a, you know, outside distraction of things because in the grand scheme of life, does the direction of the toilet paper matter? <laughs> is it going to kill you? Is Are you going to survive? Um, you have hands. You can actually put it on the correct way if it's bothering you. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I'd say it's these these things, these small outside things all the time that, you know, people get so programmed and sensitized to everything that absolutely everything sets them off. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's insane. Some of the things that people really complain about. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any complaints, but let me ask you another question. And, and this may kind of put you on the spot. Um, so if it does, I'm really sorry. I don't mean to. Um, where are you spiritually? Like, um, do you have a belief in God or do you just believe in a higher power or, or where are you on that journey? You know, people ask me that all the time and I kind of dodge the issue because it means I'll have to talk for a long time, but I like you, Janet. So I'll tell you the truth. The work that give I give it do, to me straight now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you the toilet paper right side up. Um, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, the work that I do, it wouldn't be possible without God. Amen. 
I literally cannot heal anybody on my own. Right. The the work that I do relies on altered states of consciousness because that's how mm-hmm. they hack the subconscious in the first place. They have right. to put you in an altered state of consciousness mm-hmm. to implant something in you or keep you right. in the limbic system. Right. And you need to be able to go into at least an alpha brainwave state, preferably lower than that, delta, theta, in order to do that. But those are all states of mind that put you in touch with the, this overarching God consciousness. If you ask mm-hmm. yourself, okay, I'm talking to you right now and words are coming out of my mouth, but I'm not necessarily thinking about it. I'm just saying it to you. Where's that coming from? It's coming from it's God. It's coming from God. Amen. <laughs> and oh, that's why I wanted to ask that of you because, um, and I know, I already know, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, do you know or have you realized, obviously, what your God-given gifts are? Yes. Okay. And that's why um, it's so important. And there's so many people that I talk to and, you know, they're like, I I don't think I have any. And, you know, like God left me out and I didn't get any. And I'm like, no, no, no. You have them you're not listening. You're not paying attention um, to what it is that you were given that he wants you to use for a purpose. And so a lot of people, when I run across him, uh, they'll be talking to me and I'll be like, okay, I know you're an empath because you just felt what I said. And it, you got like an emotional response from it. I'm like, you, you are an empath. And people are like, I had no idea. Uh, and I think it's because there's so many people that don't have that connection or they're not paying attention to, to what we are given and what they are capable of doing as a God-created being. Absolutely. And... That's why I'm so passionate, especially about the mindfulness aspect of of what I do, because I'm not like other mm-hmm. people where I'll tell you, you know, you got to breathe this way and uh, it's going to make all your troubles go away. It's not like that right. at all. It's about bringing mm-hmm. everything up so you can look at it because right. you're right. We're not listening. But when right. you are looking at a bowl of soup and you can see everything that's in the bowl of soup then you can decide, oh, I think I want to start with this bite of carrot. <laughs> right <laughs> so when you let your mind become like a big big ass bowl of soup then mm-hmm. you can choose what you actually need to focus on because right. people are afraid of what's going to happen if they let their mind fill up with stuff because they're so good at avoiding and right. when you start picking things out and and do it in conjunction with the breath though slow your breathing down do long deep breathing then what mm-hmm. the mind does is it kind of organizes things in terms of your most pressing issue and then it works backward from there and it gives you the ability to and the option to choose which thing would I like to put focus on should I discard Mm -hmm. this thing what does this thing mean for me is this because of a meaning I assigned onto something for what purpose am I hanging on to this thing Mm -hmm. and it gives you the ability to question everything that goes through your head and then when you strengthen your connection with yourself deeply and truly through that process, 
then there's not a whole lot of stuff that happens where you panic or you get really upset about something. You just go, okay. Mm -hmm. So what am I already projecting into this moment that I, I ought not to, what do I have to take a look at? And when you do that, God makes a space in your mind where it's like you, you get a deeper access to your consciousness and your problem solving skills increase. Mm -hmm. Your right. awareness uh, grows in terms of depths across all space and time and dimensions where you have access mm -hmm. to information you wouldn't have before. Right. And so absolutely. Everybody needs to get good with God because the big problem these days is that everybody is so spiritually and morally bankrupt mm -hmm. that they can't solve any of their own problems and they don't even know how. And to make things worse, we have organized religions which have convinced them somehow right. that uh, God is a, sky, a guy in the sky that throws lightning bolts at gay people and you mm -hmm. shouldn't do anything that goes against what's in the Bible or you're the worst possible person that exists. And so right. it's all about control and not about a connection to your, right. the divine aspect of yourself that's over there with God. I love Agreed. to draw attention to the, the thing about how, you know, one third of your soul is in the body and the rest of you is out there in, in the ether, in, in mm -hmm. the space of all that is. And so I do believe that there is this creator of, of all that is that's just waiting for you to give you the answers to every question that you have. And right. so that's why you have to come to people like me that can help you get back into contact with this mm -hmm. thing because you're not going to get it at church and you're not right. going to get it in your 100%. therapist's office. <laughs> right. You know, and it's 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 a it's a funny thing talking about like how deep um your abilities go after you have that, you know, strong relationship with God, um, how, how deep your ability to, uh, think and to process and to, um, confront situations. And, and a lot of times people think I'm nuts because I always say, you know, you have to be humble and grateful for everything that happens, good or bad, um, because all of those things are a learning lesson for you that, you know, helps you to, to grow, um, not just internally, but helps you to heal so that you can in turn go and help heal other people. And so like you had mentioned before, um, looking at, you know, uh, like somebody confronting you or whatever, also looking at, their behavior because each one of us is on a path or a journey that was God given. And some people are on a path to not know things because they haven't spiritually opened up. And that is why we have a very large portion of population um, that believes everything that you tell them, everything that you sell them or that you manipulate them with that's because they're on a different place in their journey right now. And they're not, they don't have that connection uh, to be able to accept that knowledge that's yeah. out there. Yeah. I feel so, like whenever people tackle me, <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm so, I'm so secure in who I am and, and I know mm -hmm. the kinds of situations that I deal with and the things that people trust me with to help them with and i know you know the darkness that i've been through myself mm -hmm. and when somebody says stuff like that it's like 
So why don't you tell me more about me since you're with me 24-7 every day? <laughs> why? Because I feel like I feel like you got some things that you need to get off your chest and none of it has anything to do with me. Right. And um, that's the way it is. Though. When you're dealing with programmed robots, they're always going to be yelling at you, this thing is this way because the TV said so, man. Right. Or, you know, they believe that because frogs can change genders <laughs> that, <laughs> that human beings can also do this. And, and that's when you kind of want to ask them, okay, well, is a human being a frog? Let's mm. let's explore more into that because there's always going to be more questions there in any situation than outright accusations. Like just you got to get really good at being like, OK, this is where this person's having a moment. Let's figure out mm -hmm. how I actually want to respond so I can get back to doing what I was doing rather than be like, oh, this person said I'm judgmental. Fuck this person. Like, mm -hmm. sure. Fuck them. Yeah. But just don't really. Uh, let that knock you off access because that's right. That's where they're at. That's not where you're at. If you actually know what's going on, then the truth never needs to be questioned. The truth is always going to be like, okay, and keep going because mm -hmm. the truth is an extremely high vibration. And people right. who are on that vibration of where uh, frogs can be gay, so therefore humans can be gay too, then they're in on some of the lowest possible dimensions floating around getting information from all the wrong places and their connection mm -hmm. to god is fundamentally cut off because right god god and all of nature makes no mistakes i love to give the example that the leaves of a tree spiral as they fall and they line up when they hit the earth in a particular geometrical pattern that mm -hmm. is precise and measurable and it is the same every time Right. Scientists have proven this many mm -hmm. times. The real science, not the follow the science douchebags, the real science. <laughs> and You um, mean Bill Gates or, or Dr. Fauci don't qualify? <laughs> Good old Wilhelmina. Um, <laughs> so nature never makes a mistake with anything. And so when nature puts everything that exists within a dualistic reality in terms of polarity from male to female, there's a reason for that. Right. And it was. And if you cannot see that, your connection to God has been cut off. Mm -hmm. And discernment is not wisdom that comes from the mind. It's heart wisdom. Discernment right. is something that comes from cultivating a tremendous amount of love, understanding, forgiveness, compassion, and empathy for people. So when people mm -hmm. say to me stuff like that, it makes me laugh because it's like, you don't know my heart. You're not inside of it with me. So right. you don't know what you're talking about because you're spiritually and morally bankrupt. Yeah. Because you. And the funny thing is about that too, um, with discernment, you're getting the actual truth from God. And so there is no question. There is no doubt. If you have the gift of discernment, um, it doesn't matter what someone says to you because you already know the truth yeah yeah and huh? i mean when you're when you have reached a certain level of discernment as well when people come and they say the worst things to you you will never treat that person in a dishonoring way such as they've done to you right. you, you just know it's not worth it and then that person must be in a certain level of pain and confusion over something that they need to be so aggressive about what they believe mm -hmm. and and you know it's just Unfortunately, and some people, though, um, 
they're so easily um, manipulated by external forces and stuff that it's kind of like they thrive in chaos. Um, And if there's not, you know, a bunch of external, you know, things coming at them, uh, bombarding their life and confusing them and making them angry or upset or whatnot, it's hard for them to function. Some people can only function that way because they have no connection. Yeah. They're codependent to the chaos, Janet. It's just the way it is. And you know... There's a great book called Age of Propaganda, and one of the quotes that sticks out to me is that fear appeals are powerful because they channel our thoughts away Mm -hmm. from careful consideration of the issue at hand and towards plans for ridding ourselves of the fear. And so people get stuck in a trap. 100%. It's just... That's very common and very... Very obvious um, if you look around these days at um, people. Mm -hmm. So what what are the next steps for you? Like, is there there something else that, uh, like, you've been uh, called to do or um, feel like you need to do? Like, you're getting a message from God that's, like, poking you in one way or another. You know, right now, I'm still working on the last thing that God poked me in the direction of, which is the (laughs) podcast. And so everybody was like, oh, man, you've got a great voice. You've got a great message. You got to start a podcast. So I started it last year and I sat there to do the first episode. I started talking for about 20 minutes and I was like, this is boring as shit. I got to get some guests on the show. (laughs) So I... uh, you know, I started doing that and I, I realized that I really love being the host of a podcast. Mm-hmm. But then that wasn't enough because um, I kept having a dream that I was speaking on shows myself. And then uh, mm-hmm. that's when I started reaching out to all these different people to be on the show and talking about this because I feel like the way that I say things, you know, it's such a, a dark set of topics but I have a, a very special way of keeping it somewhat hilarious because it's the same. <laughs> I've learned that it's the same mechanisms that the cabal uses to program you. They make everything that's bad for you fun. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff that's really bad for you is hidden inside like comedies and stuff like that. So that's why George Carlin could get away with saying a lot of stuff because he was just hilarious about it. And so I try to get on here and say this stuff because I different. I definitely feel guided by a higher level of consciousness to do this at this point in time and just tell everybody the same thing until I can eventually program enough people into getting their shit together. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a fair amount of people. I mean, not to, to sound like I'm psychoanalyzing people or anything, but there's a fair amount of people who should know this, who are in positions of authority, just the same other coaches, therapists, et cetera, and they don't know jack shit about any of this. And so I feel like mm-hmm. this is for them too, because if I can get this information out there, this is what I keep hearing in my head all the time. If I can get this information out there in a simple, easy to digest way, then that's mm-hmm. going to change the consciousness of so many people that this information right. will be downloaded into the common nomenclature and that this, I won't have to work anymore because everybody will know this and I can move on to something else. 
And I'm, I'm so, um, like I said, I'm so grateful that you reached out because, um, our personalities definitely mesh well together. (laughs) 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 We, We could have some really interesting conversations, I'm sure. Um, so where can people find you out and, and what all do you offer? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Jahan Sator, and I'll spell that. It's J-E-H-A-N-S-A-T-T-A-U-R. And uh, you can also email me at jahantwsator at gmail.com. I'll spell that again, J-E-H-A-N-T-W-S-A-T-T-A-U-R at gmail. And uh, my website, jahansator.com. I don't need to spell it again, do I? <laughs> so no. I offer, uh, you know. If you didn't get it the first two times, people, you failed spilling for today. So there you go. Now, I tend to give <laughs> just a list of things that I offer, but everybody tells you what problem they have. And then the sessions and stuff are customizable based on what they tell me they need. So I do counseling and talk therapy, relationship coaching self-sabotage coaching and subconscious reprogramming i also do deep meditation classes mindfulness classes nlp and cbt based belief coaching uh i do breath mastery and i also do health coaching nice that is a lot yeah it's a lot of stuff (laughs) that is a lot of things that are very positive for this universe and so I'm very grateful to you um, and honored to know you now. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for uh, following your path, finding your voice, and for starting your show. Uh, Kudos to you. Much success wished for you. So if you had to give people one message, what would it be? Stop watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray. <laughs> yep. Stop watching the TV because that's how uh, they get that. you. Yep. I and I'm surprised that. I didn't even get into that during the, the body of the show, but it's, it's one of the main ways that they keep us controlled. Mm-hmm. According to the medical journals, 40% of depression is caused by TV watching. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why people are so spiritually and morally bankrupt is because they watch the television and they think, okay, I'll just relax and watch some TV. And the entire time what they're actually doing is shutting off their consciousness, which causes them to accept maladaptive ideas, stereotypes, beliefs right. about the world outside. And then when somebody says, oh my God, there's a deadly virus that's killing people, then it's the first thing you believe because... You've been mm-hmm. so systematically dumbed down by this black right. box in in your house that you, you you don't know what to do with yourself. And it's I'm passionate about that as well too. I know you want to end the show, Janet, but I, you got me well, all heated. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just thinking. Um, so not only are they watching TV, but you're watching a black box, yeah. which is a portal. Hello, Saturn's cube. Um, and and for me, like my thing is people that that literally spend twenty four seven on social media. It's the same kind of thing. It's it's numbing your brain and you're receiving information that is so negative. And so my thing is go outside. 
go sit outside and enjoy the creation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm so passionate about this topic because it's maybe the adults are too dumb and maybe we can't do anything for them, Janet. <laughs> but we can still save the kids. God damn it. So, <laughs> you know, it's the thing about how it's 40% of three-year-olds are regular TV watchers. That's disturbing. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of three-year-olds. That's because it's a babysitter. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what a, a lot of parents do. Like, oh, I had a really hard, long day at work. Oh, I don't want to deal with the kids right now. Blah. Let's go plop them down in front of some I don't kind know, of a Disney. screen. Any kind yeah, of screen. Yeah, Disney, where they're watching, you know, pedophilia images and, and, you know, the programming that comes through there. And I just. Yeah. I think. And I've always felt this way that technology has actually been the ruination of a lot of things in our society because it it has uh, decimated face-to-face -face communication, uh, you know, going over to your neighbor's house and chit-chatting or riding your bike to someone's house and, you know, talking to them face-to-face -face because face-to-face -face interaction is so important not face-to-TV or face-to-device interaction. Yeah, it's crazy because the average kid spends about 45 hours a week watching TV or mm -hmm. on some in front of some kind of a screen. On a device, yep. And it's like age, age 6 to 11, these kids spend 30 hours a week watching TV or on some screen. And it's mm -hmm. screwing up their ability to learn and solve problems, and it's messing up their whole school life. They're ending up with right. drug and alcohol and tobacco issues. They're ending up with obesity and they're engaging in all this inappropriate sexual behavior as we are literally seeing right now. And kids well, need, like you said, they need to interact with their environment and the right. people around them in order to develop a healthy brain. But not but not the teachers uh, that want to talk to them <laughs> about sex because that's not okay. Yeah. I taught for a long not. time and I can honestly tell you I've never ever discussed my sex life with a student ever in a million years. That is <sighs> so inappropriate. And any, any parents that have that uh, shield put up that they can't see that that's an issue has some work to do you're fucking to nuts do. too <laughs> yeah needs some work i mean it's yeah. insane you can't trust a kid near any screen these days and it's like i'm trying to remember the statistics i usually can rattle these off pretty easily it's uh it's something like the average kid would have witnessed twelve thousand violent acts including murder and rape by the oh, end of that. grade school and fourteen thousand sexual acts apart from the rape stuff and so by yeah, age 18 that. that's like it comes up to like over two hundred thousand violent or sexual acts you see and those those are uh images that they can uh incorrectly process that they're gonna hold in their system and that's a memory for them absolutely and it, it's so hmm. it's crazy because two-thirds of television programming is geared towards kids Mm -hmm. adults think that a lot of the stuff that they're watching that's adult stuff is for them, but there's elements incorporated in it that kids can kind of identify with it as well. And that's what makes it even more gross. Right. And you have like, you know, we just, we were just talking about the disconnect from God 
-hmm. and you have TV that glamorizes violent sexual acts and right. you know it promotes these things as being fun or humorous in some way and then you have the University of Michigan that conducted a 15 year long study that basically said that watching uh, violence on TV affects the child's ability to decide whether or not to help someone else in need. Mm -hmm. And so the same study also found that there's a direct link between the television uh, violence and overly aggressive behavior in adulthood. So you've got all of these mm -hmm. dudes that beat their wife because they learned that from the TV or vice versa. Right. Uh, or they go off and they rob somebody. Or playing... Or playing a video game yeah, with exactly. a lot of violence in it. It's the same kind of thing. Exactly. Grand Theft Auto is not healthy for your kid. It might be funny at first, but it's you know, it's really not great. And when right. you when you really think about it, apart from sex and violence, the next most commonly recurring themes on television, video games, music videos, whatever, they're all drug use, satanic mm -hmm. worship, or dark magic. Or themes right. centered around hating God. And that's mm -hmm. outside of all of the mis misinformation that causes attacks on race and gender stereotypes and dangerous gender right. ideologies. Right. Absolutely. So these kids don't uh, know what to expect because they get accustomed to what's going on behind a screen. And then reality does not measure up to what's on that screen at all. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's really sad and, and it's very, um, confusing for kids because it puts them in a place where, uh, they don't understand, uh, how to act. They don't understand right from wrong because what would normally be the right thing to do in a situation, the TV showed them something completely opposite as the mm -hmm. right thing, like, uh, watching a murder or something, you it should be normal for you to pull out your cell phone and video yeah. instead of trying to help. That's yeah. our society has gotten it. We've gone like backwards. We backpedaled a hundred miles an hour to, you know, back to the, the age where, you know, like we think like cavemen basically. And it's really sad, but I hope that more people, um, do the work that they need, seek the help that they need. If they can't, uh, do things on their own, uh, please don't be shy to, uh, contact him because he will definitely help you. Um, I'm always here too, if you ever want to chit chat. So, um, I thank you so much, my dear, for coming on and for spending time with me today. And I know my guests are going to love you or my, my uh, watchers are going to love you, not my guests. Well, my, my guests too, <laughs> because the they watch as well. Ah, <laughs> it's a psycho show. Um, but I, I know everyone's going to love you. So I really appreciate the time that uh, you've spent with me today. And uh, any final thoughts? I think that's all I got for you, Janet, or I'll end up talking for another 40 minutes about why TV is bad. <laughs> God forbid I'll get on to the coffee and then you really get some haters out here. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you again so much. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Have a great one.